warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to viewers and audience. What's going on? I am Scrooge Bronson. And I am S. Foster, and this is Viewers Anonymous, man. How you feeling today, man? Man, uh, I am feeling amazing, man. So, um, got some great news. Uh, you know what Uh-oh. I'm saying? I had, I've, I've been one of those people who, um, you know what I'm saying, haven't had a license for a long time, right? So, like, I ain't had my license since I was 18, because I never went to go renew it. So, I never, like, went back and dealt with none of that shit. But the crazy part is, I don't went and, <laughs> and got my ID <laughs> every time <laughs> I went to go get my ID renewed. I never went to go get my license renewed, but I was paying on this shit, man. And this week, bro, I get all that shit paid off, so I'm getting my license back finally, man. I'm about to be back there legal again on the road. So it's about to be, oh, it's about to be a good time. <laughs> about to be a good time. <laughs> Oh, Yo, yeah, yeah. Hey, but the shit you find out. Well, I had no idea you had a license <laughs> problem. <laughs> yeah, I ain't had my license since I was like eighteen, bro. I be driving everywhere too, but nah. I finally, I finally got everything paid up, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Got everything out the way. So this, this last payment going through, and then I'm getting back on the road legal again. But I can't wait, man. I can't oh, wait. Man. Shit, if we look the the stay on that man, so you know what I'm saying. I got a new ride uh, back uh, early. Uh, it, it was fe- in February the seventh, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, got to get a new tag and everything. So I'm waiting on the tag. And say, I bought my car out of state. I bought I bought my car in North Carolina, right? Okay. So I'm like, all right. So I'm trying to make sure everything good, and like, so it's getting closer to the like my expiration date is. Uh, for the seventh of this month, yeah. So, yeah, I'm saying time get paired. And I talked to the dude at the dealership. He was like, "Hey," he was like, "Yeah." He said, "I had a customer the other week. You know, they tag came by like seven, like a week after they tag had expired." He was like, "You know, give it time." Nah, nah, nah. So I'm like, "All right." So then my shit expired. So I went to the DMV Friday. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, I was like, yo, is like everything good? Like, I'm trying to figure out. I was like, because I was reading stuff online saying that you might have to go to the DMV and pay this and all this type of stuff. Yeah. So I asked the lady and she was like, nah. She was like, the dealership handles everything. She said, that, but the thing is they have 45 days to put it in. So they was like, maybe they didn't put it in right away. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm kind of riding a little dirty. I mean, I, I, my, my, my paperwork is good. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? But my tag expired on the seventh and the day the sixteenth. So you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't ain't, like ain't riding. You can do about that. Yeah, ain't nothing you can yeah. do about that though. Ain't nothing I can do about <laughs> it, man. But you know, but, but I'm riding. I'm riding, just hoping they hey, don't man. pull me over. Take a chance, brother. <laughs> Take a chance, brother. <laughs> hey, but I'm going to the mailbox. I'm going to the mailbox every day, but I don't yeah. never go to the mailbox every day. <laughs> I'm looking at like every day, but I'm like, dang, I hold my tag another day. Hey, I feel you. I yeah, feel so. Damn, you messing to, with I can't me. wait to get that feeling back, man. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Man, hey, so, uh, 
I, you know, I, I took your advice on one thing. And like I told yeah. a friend of mine told me too. And like, you know, I've been watching um Doom Patrol. Yeah. And like, I mean, like, the thing is, like, don't get me wrong, like it, it it's not bad. Like it's it's not great, but it's not bad. But it, right. it gives you a something to like, you know, pass the time. You know, I I yeah. got to episode, I think I'm coming up on episode twelve. And like, I mean, the thing is, like, it it's I mean, it's a good show, but I can see how it kind of flew under the radar because it's not like, yeah. you know, it's not all of that. But you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting everybody's like backstory and what people mm-hmm. are starting to like. Cause the, the last thing I saw was when the uh damn the robot dude he yeah. uh found found his daughter. And so there was a whole thing about the watch, how the daughter was saying how her stepdad got eaten by this alligator. And when he got eight, he had on a watch that she had got from her dad that she mm-hmm. you know, engraved and gave it to him. So this dude is walking around all damn day <laughs> in the swamp trying to find this damn alligator. <laughs> then he finally finds the alligator. And he was talking about all the stuff he wanted to say to his daughter. No, 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 I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that. And then, like, once it came to that time, all he did was leave the watch on the table. And, like, so we don't I, – I mean, I don't know what she ended up thinking about it or is she yeah. going to try to track the dude down or what. But, I mean, like, the show – like, the show is cool, man. But still, man, it's like it, – it's not even a comparison, man. To me, when you, when you talk DC Marvel, man, it's not even a comparison, No, it's man. not. It's not. It's not. And I think that I think that um, what DC did was they tried to follow that Marvel blueprint, you know what I'm saying? With with putting out Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, and then you know what I'm saying, putting in the Aquaman movie, and then you know, so they had the TV show Flash. So then they thought they could give you Justice League, but it's like first, you know what I'm saying? Like first and foremost, like DC's. DC's characters are too perfect. All of their characters are too perfect. Like they, their characters are never, you know what I'm saying? Like they never in a in a situation where you would think that they can be defeated. You know what I'm saying? So like that's why they had to create like the Death of Superman story, you know what I'm saying? The dark um the Dark Knight story where, you know what I'm saying, Batman got, you know what I'm saying, fucked up by Bane, like shit like that. They had to create those because if they didn't create these, then you know what I'm saying you never you never can defeat Superman or you never can defeat Batman. But it's like they fucked up big time when they didn't do better with Lex Luthor. Like Lex Luthor is really, you know what I'm saying, like a super villain. Like he really got like all these weapons and shit that he could use to kind of, you know what I'm saying, fight back with Superman. And then not only that, like, you know what I'm saying, they they threw Doomsday in there, but the way they threw Doomsday in it was stupid because it was, you know what I'm saying? Like, at first it was Batman and Superman. I mean, it was Superman just fighting Doomsday. And then they didn't really show all of the all of the capabilities Doomsday could have. So, you know what I'm saying? That was stupid the way they fucked that up. Then they had, you know what I'm saying, the chance to bring in Darkseid. They never brought in Darkseid, which is supposed to be out today, I believe. The, um, the four-hour Justice League movie. Is out today, so I think that's the one that's like got four different parts or whatever. 
So mm-hmm. um it's supposed to be showing Dark Side in this version. And I know the Joker is also in this version. So I'm gonna go watch it and see. But they never really got a chance to really put their villains as, you know what I'm saying, like the the head of the role. Like if you watch the Marvel movies, the reason we fuck with the Marvel movies so much is because they villains are really like the second leading role, you know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, the villain is the leading role. Like if you watch um I'm trying to think, if you watch um something like Thor, you know what I'm saying? Loki is is in the mix. He's like a leading character, but you know he's the villain. You know what I'm saying? When you watch Iron Man, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I don't know, Iron Man 2, Justin Hammer, and the one dude that, uh, uh, Ivan Vanko. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they always got interesting um, villains who either bring the hero on the brink of destruction or, you know what I'm saying, they either, like, getting them right to where they on the brink of death. So it's either one, you know what I'm saying? Like, they really giving them a challenge, and that's what makes the Marvel movie so good. Because it's like, all right, how the fuck is he about to come back from this? Like, he, he got a dude that got the same powers that he got. How can he now come back and, you know what I'm saying, defeat dude? And I, once they do it, they do it in, like, that, that Marvel fashion where they go big or go home, and it just, it just keep coming. Now, DC's animated movies are way better than the, the live-action joints. Now, DC's animated movies can't be fucked with. Them joints are good. Yeah, like I, I've, I'm, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch it, man, because I just feel like, you know, when it comes to this HBO Max thing, I mean, I might as well watch everything. Now, I, I didn't watch that Tom and Jerry joint they dropped. I think last week or the week before. It was good. It was. I mean, I probably, I probably give it a shot, man. See, see what it's working with. But um, like even when I was a kid, like I, I used to, I used to fuck with Tom and Jerry. Um. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was one of those cartoons that always kept you kind of, uh, you know, entertained like that yeah, and Gargoyles. I tell you, I, I tell you, Gargoyles. Oh yeah, Gargoyles shit. is that shit. I watched uh, Tom and Jerry with my kids, man, and they was on the floor laughing the whole time. Um, I definitely watched it because um, Kevin Hart's um, people is on there. The Plastic Cup Boys they actually got roles in the movie, so they did a great job with the. Um, with the scenes that they had in it. And then uh, shout out to T-Pain, he was singing in it. So, you know what I'm saying? He got a little part where, you know, usually they'll make Tom sing, but it's like an old blues song or it'd be like some old jazz shit, you know what I'm saying, in the cartoon. Well, in the movie, they had T-Pain record something and Tom was singing as T-Pain. It was good, though. He They did their thing, man. It was that's a good dope. movie. That's dope. I'm going to have to check it out, man. I'm going to have to check it out now. But, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to see what the Justice League is rocking with. Um, just, just to really, to really just get the cinema in, man. Cause like we're in a time mm-hmm. now, you might as well watch everything that you can, especially yeah. like if it's a yeah. situation where you don't have to pay for it with the movie. Right. And then you got all these different streaming services. Oh, so wait like, a minute. Wait a minute. Oh. Hold on. I think I'm tripping, bro. We got some other shit that's out too, though. Oh man. Hold on. I believe What's Mortal Kombat is out. Hold on, it can't, it can't, man. Hold on, what's the day's date? I don't think it's out yet, is it? Uh, let me see. I'm looking on this joint now. Let me see, Tom and Jerry. Nah, it ain't, it ain't up yet. Nah, it ain't, it ain't not yet. Oh, April 16th. Never mind. Woo. Whoo. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey. yeah. It's not out yet. <laughs> hey, boy, I'm about to get hype. You hear me? 
Yeah, I, I didn't think it came out yet. Okay, okay. I'm about to say, boy, cause sheesh. Yeah, I, I didn't think I didn't think it was yet. I knew it was coming, but yeah. I, I didn't think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, man, don't do that. Man, I'm sorry, man. I... <laughs> hey, boy, I was like, hold on. I was like, I don't think that stuff is out yet. You know what I'm saying? Cause man, I got I'm excited, I... man. But what's the name supposed to be coming out? Um, uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, supposed to be coming out mm-hmm. in like a week or so too. So yep. we got we got a lot of stuff to look forward to, my guy. A lot of Man. stuff to look forward to. Man, so I gotta let the people know uh, you made or yeah suggested a great idea. Um, as yep. far as the episode today, like we already told the people what it was. Um, and I, I thought it was a great idea to uh, do this now because this is this is one of those movies that I, you know, it, the, the very t- first time I seen it, I was like, yo, this this is great. I've actually never heard of this story before. Mm-hmm. And and to see it being played out and, and, and even when it comes to like just a small thing, it's just like, yo, just just imagine like if we were just thrown back into, you know, 1966, and it's just like, yo, with the, with the minds that we got now, it's like, yo, basketball, my G? Like, yeah. they just want to play basketball. You know what I'm hey, saying? I ain't going to lie to you. If if I had the mindset I got now, going back in 66, I'd be Steph Curry before Steph Curry. <laughs> it wouldn't even matter, man. They have a three-point line. <laughs> Still. Still, <laughs> just the just the just the crossover in the handles that I got, like they'd be done for. Yeah, man, and and it's 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 wild, my G. It's it's so crazy, but man, we doing Glory Road, like you mentioned. Right, and I'm saying last week, uh, the Disney Walt Disney film, um, they did a they did a great job. It, it seems like they really spoke to the people that were still alive that could that could tell the story you know especially when you watch the end of the movie you see all the interviews and it was it was even dope that they talked to pat riley and and got his side of it and for somebody like pat riley to be you know as famous as he is right now and what he ended up becoming like people got to realize like he he was a nice player i'm saying for his time but then to become the coach that he became, and then now being the the, the president of basketball operations that he has become, like Pat Pat Riley's a whole legend out here, and yeah. for him to be involved in this, and he made like one of the greatest statements that you know because I, I went back and watched it again the other day, and he said that this game was the emancipation of proclamation of 1966 when it comes to basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, for them to have the for Don Hopkins to have this idea of like, yo, I'm only gonna play my seven black players, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. And to to do that, I mean, to even to do what he done, like, <laughs> like this dude was a high school basketball coach, a girl, you know high saying? a girl's basketball coach, basketball coach. yeah, a girl's comes high in basketball coach. Hey, comes in like, yo, what's my recruiting budget? They're like, what? Man, you were just coaching girls basketball in high school, man. What you mean recruit budget? What you mean putting together a basketball team? And to be like, 
All right, so I'm at this small school. I ain't going to be able to get nobody. All right, well, I go mm -hmm. snatch up all these black dudes then. How about that? And but flip the script on the whole college basketball landscape, man. Yeah. Um, Man, my mom made me watch this when it first came out, man. Uh, she, she told me that it was something I should watch. And um, it was interesting because, you know, you, you forget that, you know what I'm saying, things were a certain way. Like, you you know about history and you know how people, you know what I'm saying, were going through everything that they went through, but you forget, like, 1966, this is two years after, you know what I'm saying, the, the Civil Rights Bill was, was signed and passed. You know what I'm saying? This is um, this is two years before my mom was born. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, a bunch of this shit is, is really, like, not that long ago. And so when you get a chance to kind of see that brought the film, you know what I'm saying, you kind of get surprised and you kind of get, you know, um, you kind of get overwhelmed a little bit because it's like, man, like, you know, they were really going through this in real life. Like, this is something that they really had to deal with to where, you know, it could only be one or two black people on the court. And if it was two black people on the court, each team had to have one, like, or, you know what I'm saying, or, or one team could only have two, and then, you know, you had to sub yours out so the other one could come. It was just so crazy just, you know what I'm saying, hearing just the goofiness of it all and just knowing, like, you know, all of this shit that they was going through was because, you know what I'm saying, just their skin color. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we went through it ourselves before, but but really thinking about that, like, we put, we talking about basketball. If we look at basketball as what it is now, I'm sure that, the motherfuckers in 1966 were, were faint. They wouldn't know what to do because everybody on the court is black. You know what I'm saying? Like, even down to the motherfuckers on the bench. So, like, you know what I'm saying? To look at where we've come and to look at where the game has translated to and the way it's played now, you know what I'm saying? Like, even, you know what I'm saying? Like, looking back and thinking about the alley-oop, like, <laughs> the first play of the game, was, I mean, it wasn't alley-oop, it was a slam dunk. The first play of the game was a slam dunk. And it's like, to think that that was so far-fetched that <laughs> somebody would jump up and put the ball in there as tall as they was, like, it's just, it's, it's so crazy just to even think about that, like, Pat Riley getting dunked on in the first play of the game, then at the end of the game, you know what I'm saying, the, them losing, you know what I'm saying, Adolph Rupp really showing his respect, and you know what I mean, especially being Kentucky, you know what I'm saying, like, where – some, some racism was super high. You know what I'm saying? They played in Indiana where racism was super high. So, I mean, like, just to, you know what I'm saying, see that and to know that they came from this small school that nobody even heard of before and nobody even thought about. And then, you know what I'm saying, they end up winning the national championship, going through tournaments and everything else like that. Like, it was it was crazy. Yeah. And, and another person that, you know, I, I want to – make sure that I said this, because like, I, when I was watching it the other day, I said, I got to make sure I say this, like, we got to get Don Hopkins his, his due, man. Um, yeah. To, to, go, to go out on a limb and be in the South, Texas of all states, yeah. and to be like, yo, I, I'm going to recruit seven black players and put mm -hmm. them all on one team. And, like, they even expressed this. They was like, like, in the South, like, every team in the South has at least, well, not at least, but, like, one, they had like one player. Some don't even have two in the Jeez. ACC, the SEC, and all of that. Kansas, remember Kansas was like that. Kansas, Kansas had, had one, two. Yeah, but they had that one. They both started dude. though. Yeah, 
But the one, one by one the, of them was uh, one of them was real good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended up um going to the NBA and everything. Um, yeah. He he was uh, he uh man, why his name is? Didn't he play um, for the Celtics? Ah, oh, was it the Celtics? Uh man, I forget who it was. But like, yeah, he was he was considered like he was an All American and everything. But see, Kansas is more considered of the North, you know, and Midwest, you know, what I'm saying, kind of North. So they yeah. could play black players, and it don't really be an issue like it would have been for them. Mm-hmm. But for him to for him to do that, and not only that, but Dunn Hopkins is is a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. He didn't just win a national championship one year and then just fell off. Like he, uh, I think it was inducted in the Hall of Fame. And it was either ninety four or ninety seven, and he racked mm-hmm. up over seven hundred wins. So yeah. he was a good coach, but to you need to have that first person to go out on the limb, just like Uncle Washington say. He always say, "Were there some slaves that could read?" I'd be like, yep. "Yeah." He was like, "Well, that means there had to be one white person to teach that slave how to, you know how to read." So it's mm-hmm. like. Don Hopkins was really, especially in the South, he was the first coach who opened up that door for it to be a little bit accepting for these coaches to start having more black players on their team and stuff. And then Adolph Rump, Adolph Rump didn't recruit his first black player until I believe it was 73. Right. And then he stepped down the next year. And so it's kind of like, to 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 see the things that was going on and the reason that they was going on. Okay, now I know that this probably okay. I'm gonna tie all this in, right? I know I'm rambling, but like you know, I'm I'm into this type shit. Yeah. So for the people who don't know, the the very first person to go to the University of Mississippi was James Meredith, right? James Meredith. Went went to uh, Ole Miss during the time. If I'm not mistaken, it might have been '64. If I'm not mistaken, and so you know, obviously he went through a lot of. He was just a student, you know. So he didn't play no sports or anything. But mm-hmm. so he was just a student. Like basketball players used to fuck with him. Like they ended up clearing out a dorm room because none of the white people wanted to sleep in the same dorm room that he was in. Right. And the dudes on the basketball team used to go above his room and bounce a ball all night so he couldn't get no sleep. So yeah. that's just like some of the shit. And like uh, they had to have the uh, the Army Reserve to follow him around to make sure he didn't get killed and all that type of stuff. I think that was uh, Lyndon B. Johnson's doing. So to get mm-hmm. to my point, the same year that he was there, the football team went undefeated. Obviously, it was an all-white team. So they went undefeated. But what happened was there was a race riot on the campus because some white students started to actually conversate with James Meredith. Like, yo, this dude pretty cool. Like, why are we, you know what I'm saying, treating this dude like this? You know, you're a pretty cool guy. So some of the white people started to be fond of James Meredith. Then his race war broke out, all this type stuff. And what ended up happening was, I don't think the NCAA was created yet. Because, you know, back then, they didn't play a national championship game. They just appointed people the national yeah, championship. Yeah, it was whoever was number one. Yeah, and Ole Miss, they was like the first team to go undefeated and not be a champion 
because they didn't appoint him the champion because of what happened. That's right. just the that's just the and the the reason I brought that story up during this is for the simple fact of this is just one black man that just wanted to just get a higher education at the mm-hmm. University of Mississippi, and all this stuff happens, and the football team had to deal with what they deal with when they didn't even have a black player on the football team. Right. So it's just like, you know, then when you think about the scene when Neville Shedd went and used the bathroom in the restaurant, yeah, he gets jumped. beat up in the, <clears throat> yeah, jumped in the bathroom, put his head in the toilet after they pissed in it and all this type shit. And it's just mm-hmm. like, yo, we talking basketball. We talking about motherfuckers trying to get an education. Like, it's mm-hmm. crazy, man. Yeah, but it's, you know what I'm saying, it's the, you know what I'm saying? It's the thought process at the time, man. You know, they... It, it, it's like they destroying the power structure, it seems like. You know what I'm saying? Because especially in those states where basketball was really, like, you know what I'm saying, big. You know what I'm saying? Where, uh, you know, college sports was really big, like a Kansas or uh, a Kentucky, a Indiana, you know what I'm saying? Places like that where they, you know what I'm saying, they used to recruiting, you know what I'm saying, kids and bringing kids on. Um... You know what I'm saying? But it's crazy to see that, you know, just the way that they kind of structure shit, you know what I'm saying? Like like we said, for, for two players to be on the court at the same time, like, you can't have no more than that. Or, um, you know what I'm saying? You can't have no – no, I think it was like you couldn't have no more than three or something like that. But you can, you can have two on at the same time. I mean, it was, it was just crazy just to even think about shit like that. Like, um – you know what I'm saying? It was games to where they be playing and they be, you know what I'm saying, getting the best of another team, but, you know, they getting called for a foul that they ain't even commit or they getting called for traveling or they getting called for a double jump. You know what I'm saying? They just getting all these calls, sometimes getting technicals. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's, – it's hard to – it's hard to play a game that you love when all the odds are against you. It's even harder to play it when, you know what I'm saying, all the odds are against you and you know that you're playing for something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can only imagine where their mindset was. Like, we still got to remember, like, these are still young guys that are in college. You know what I'm saying? Like, these aren't mm-hmm. grown men at this time. These are really, like, young men in college still, early 20s, where, you know, they they just trying to uh, make something happen. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, trying to go on and get a better life. All they want to do is play basketball, and they got a chance to play basketball at one of the highest levels. So, you know, to eventually go down the road after everything that they've been through and finally come to a decision to say, well, you know, where the coach tells you, you know, I don't want anybody, you know what I'm saying, playing that's not black. And then, you know, you got these seven guys who basically are at the time really carrying their race on their shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Like you carrying a, a – a whole community on your shoulders in this game. And just to, just to know that, you know what I'm saying, that amount of pressure, that amount of weight, they came out on top, you know what I'm saying? And really, if you think about it, like this is around the time where, you know, even if we was in Ohio, we would still be rooting for Texas Western because they just that's, – that's the black team. You know what I'm saying? The same way that um, they will they will cheer for Muhammad Ali because he's the black boxer or cheer for Joe Lewis because he's the black boxer. You know what I'm saying? Like that if it, it felt like that kind of situation. You know what I'm saying? You got all American Kentucky, um, Adolph Rupp, one of the best college coaches ever, you know what I'm saying, to coach the game. 
one of the most prestigious schools to ever, you know what I'm saying, have basketball, uh, I mean, to ever have a basketball program. And then you got Texas Western, who nobody even knew of before the season. And then they just come in and they just dominate, you know what I'm saying? First, like I said, first play of the game was a dunk, you know what I'm saying? They was throwing alley-oops, you know. Um, you had Bobby Joe Hill, you know what I'm saying, showcasing his handles, you know what I'm saying, jump shots left and right. It was just, you could tell that they were the better team, especially that, you know, they had a coach who knew how to coach them and knew how to get them to play together. And, you know, he, he had that confidence to be able to have their back at that moment when he knew that majority of the country was going to be against them. And, you know what I'm saying, he stood tall with them. And, you know, he knew that everybody that was watching, especially every black person that was watching, was going to be cheering for them. And in a way, they became heroes without really even knowing it. Well, I'm surprised you didn't use the example. Like, they showed um, a clip of the black students at Kentucky. And they was all in the room. And they started cheering when yeah, you know what I'm saying. Texas Western, the, yep. Yeah, and they had to you know put you know put their hands over their mouth yeah. so you know the other students didn't hear them. But but that's a great point. And then also you got to uh, uh, consider the fact of the argument, right? And it reminded me of remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the most pivotal moments in this movie was the game that they lost. Be after never shed that happened to um, never shed and like it mm-hmm. it was that and then also when they uh put you know niggers on the um yeah. in that hotel room with blood and all this type of stuff so they seeing the more we win the more we catch hell so they mm-hmm. ended up not really playing well and then like they wasn't passing the ball to the white players and all that type of stuff so they had the little scene in the bath uh, in the locker room where. It, it was, it was, it was very pivotal because the the one white guy was saying like, "Yo, we taking a back seat to y'all." Mm-hmm. <laughs> then Willie was like, "Working to the back of the bus, white boy." What's <laughs> <laughs> up? It was hey, so man. funny the way hey, he said. Lil, it. Lil Willie, Lil Willie was a tough guy, man. He was a yeah. really tough guy, man. He was man. I like Willie, and um and like it was just the the conversations that they was having, and it was like, mm-hmm. "Yo, like." Y'all are just temporarily dealing with what we always got to deal with. Yeah. But you also got to understand it's like, just like um, the dude um, Armstrong was saying, mm-hmm. he was saying that, yo, it's it's tough for us to be on this team as well. Yeah. Because you got to understand, like, now I'm not saying that we should feel sorry for them, mm-hmm. but like, I'm pretty sure there were situations where like their parents was like, I'm playing with all these black dudes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm pretty sure that some of them was catching hell for just playing on that team because they ended up, you know, growing a brotherhood. Like they ended up like finding a way then other than just coexist with each other, they found a way to become a team and actually yeah. win. And you know, yeah. and we've seen this happen before with I mean, well, this happened later, obviously, but you know, it happened with um with Remember the Titans. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They they just ended up putting that team together and like then because those players, those white players, like they, they could, some of them probably could have left. Like, like, yo, I can go play somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but they decided to stay. And I thought that that scene was very important for them all to, to say the thing that they wanted to say. Cause I felt like it, it was a conversation that needed to be had. And it's yeah. also a conversation that America need to have. Because it's just like, 
I'm pretty sure that there were some people that felt the way that the white players felt, and it was some people that felt the way the black players felt. They had yeah. the conversation, and then it was like, you know, they was able to convince the other side of like, okay, I see what you're saying now. Now mm-hmm. let's move on. I mean, you could tell they had a bond, man. My, my one of my favorite scenes is when they out when they snuck out and went to the party. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> to me, those those are those are some of the golden moments. You know what I'm saying? Like those are some of the things that really create a bond. You know what I'm saying? The fact that they even brought the you know what I'm saying the white players with them, and you know what I'm saying everybody got along, everybody was having a good time in that moment. You know what I'm saying? You could um, you could you could see and you could feel like it wasn't no such thing as color. Like we all human. We are getting along. We having a great time. We enjoying this music. We enjoying the women. The women enjoying the men. And we just we we vibing. We having a great great time. And then you know, saying that next day they had to hit them sprints, and it was it was hell to pay. You know what I'm saying? But it was it was great to be able to see them in that you know, saying in that scene. You know when um they was just calling at each other and they was dancing and you know drinking and just having a good time, feeling free, man. And it it just was. You know, an example that, <clears throat> you know, no matter what's going on out there in the world, it's a commonality amongst all of us. You know what I'm saying? And when we find that commonality, you know what I'm saying, it, everything else is going gonna, is gonna to happen. Everything else is just going to feel just as normal as it should. Um, but I was surprised to, um, I was surprised to hear about uh, Bobby Joe Hill, um, who, outshined in that Kansas game, he outshined the guy I was talking about, JoJo White. And JoJo yeah. White was um, an All-American guard who ended up playing for Boston. That's, that's what I was thinking of, though. Um, but he played for Boston for several uh, several years. I think he ended up going up until 1980. That was the last time he played. So, I mean, it just it just lets you know just the type of talent that these guys was up against. It wasn't, you know, just like no regular – Players, you know, what I'm saying you had Pat Riley that they played against, JoJo White that they played against. Um, I'm sure they played against various other players, but you know, to to think about like just how, you know, what I'm saying when the coach when when Coach Haskins was talking to Bobby Joe Hill, he was saying like, "Yo, you just as good as JoJo White." He was like, "He really don't got nothing on you. You can really, you know, what I'm saying you can really outplay him. You got to get that out your head that he's better than you." And he went out on that court and he showed him that. He was just as good as he was, and then to see the career that JoJo White had, the fact that he went, um, what was it? He went to the uh, the the, uh, the Olympics and and into the league, and you know what I'm saying. I think Bobby Joe Hill he went undrafted or something like that. I think he played for like maybe one or two teams, and he went undrafted. But it just goes to show you just. You know, just the type of talent that they was going up against, the type of talent that they had. You know what I'm saying? Just how much confidence the coach had in them, and it was, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just stories like these, man. It just it makes you wonder. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know what I'm saying, if things are at an even playing field, you know, um, you know, where would we be right now? Just imagine, like, if those guys had, if those guys had actually played. Or were able to play at, a, a, you know, saying a Kansas and be an all black team out of Kansas or be an all black team out of Kentucky, much like what we see nowadays. You know, what I'm saying, where would the game be at now? You know, so what type of stuff would we be seeing now? You know, what I mean, like, would Michael Jordan had been in our time or would he would have been in Dr. J's time or would Dr. J had, you know, what I'm saying, still been able to do what he did? You know, what I'm saying, like, in the NBA, 
that he was doing in the ABA. Like, it, it, it's just so – it's so frustrating to see what they went through, but at the same time, it was kind of inspiring to see what they did on the court at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and the thing <clears throat> that you uh, didn't mention about that party was another conversation that had to be had with Armstrong asked them, okay, what y'all want to be called? Color mm-hmm. or black? He was like, man, oh, yeah. we ain't no laundry. He was like, we ain't no basket of laundry. He was like, man, black. He was like, I thought black was bad. He was like, yeah. He was like, so what? You telling me bad is good? Yeah. He was like, yeah. He was like, okay, so what is bad? And it was so funny because that's how we say bad now. We see a girl yeah. like, man, that girl bad. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> bad is good. You know what yeah. I mean? So I thought that that was dope because it's like that gives like the people that want to make that change, at -hmm. least they'll know the right lingo and then they'll know how to at least, you know, be the icebreaker. Like if they, you know, see a black person like they already know right off the rip, like, all right, well, I know he don't want to be called colored. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to walk up to him. I mean, it's not going to come up in conversation, but at least he's going to know, like, not to call him color, like he knows to say, yo, this is a black man type of thing. But as far as on the court, I mean, the way that the movie put it, the movie put it like Bobby Joe Hill didn't do anything professionally. Like, he basically married old girls and like just helped around in the community. But like, that's another thing that was really dope about this movie was and they usually don't make movies about a team where the people didn't at least most of the people didn't go off to do successful things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like David Latin ended up getting drafted and playing for the San Francisco Warriors and mm-hmm. Harry Flournoy, you know, he stayed to be a, a, a principal and a school teacher. And then like Armstrong, he, he became a coach and like uh, the uh, the one dude, well, Willie, he ended up playing in the ABA and then he ended up being a, a, the dean of the, uh, something the school well something about Harlem choir or some kind of shit. So like yeah. they went on to do other great things. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't just like, yo, we had this, you know, this one run in college and then we just fell off the face of the earth. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, they actually did like really big, huge things in their life and became, you know, figures in their community as well. So I thought that that was also something else that was dope about the story. But I, I I feel like this story don't get like as much praise as it should. Now I do remember I think it was like two years ago, two or three years ago, and it was it was Mar- it was before March Madness started, and they mm-hmm. actually told a story of Texas Western uh, on yeah. uh, ESPN, and I was like, this story need to be told like this. I think that this story needs to be told if, if before. Every uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Maybe not the maybe not the tournament. Maybe when it gets down to like the final four or something, because everybody's tuning in to the final four. So like maybe they need to every year do this cover story of this Texas Western team because people need to understand, especially these black some of these black kids who, you know, they don't want to go out and learn their history. They just want to. They don't understand like this is the team that like this path that you want right now, this is the mm-hmm. team that dealt with all of that bullshit that y'all don't have to deal with. 
that right. we that I didn't have to deal with. It was like they they took the they took the blow for us to be able to just because like man we don't we don't have to have no conversations of like yo um I want my kid to play basketball so I'm gonna go take them to this black Y down the street you know and sign them up like we just sign them up you know what I'm saying like yeah. we don't have to think about like oh well I mean because I mean it might be a little different for you but maybe not but I mean I'm in the south like south south. You know what I'm saying? So those would have been the type of decisions that I would have had to make if it wasn't for like a team like this, man. So yeah, I think that this this is something that I, I wish that they would they would do this cover story every year, final four time, elite eight time, and show these kids like, yo, y'all are afforded the things y'all afforded for all of the things that this team had to go through, and all of you coaches that. When y'all recruit players, like Don Hopkins, Don Hopkins is the person who opened it up for these schools down in the South to be able to just recruit players and don't have to go see if they're black or white or whatever. So exactly, yeah, this like team needs more respect. Show. Now, this is the interesting thing I found out. Um, in the movie, it made it seem like that was his first season coaching at Texas yeah. Western. It was. He was. He was five seasons in. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that was that was crazy, man. They went 28 and one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that was that's a crazy record to have at the time. They only lose one game. It's mm-hmm. a crazy record to have at the time. And then uh, they got inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2007. And it's crazy to even think that <laughs> it took until 2007. A year after this movie comes out, that they get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Something that I think they should have been inducted in at least, I don't know, 86, 96 at the most. Like, come on, man. This is this is something that should have been done. But you know how the game goes, man. It's it's just it's crazy just to even think that, you know what I'm saying? Like at one point in time when, you know, you still had shit like Jim Crow and you still had fucking, you know, rampant racism, you know what I'm saying? Like overt racism. And and the thing that five black kids, well, seven black kids came out and and took the helms of history and was like, yo, we, we about to make some shit happen. It was, you know what I'm saying? That's a, it's a good, it's a feel good movie, man. You know what I'm saying? It's a feel good movie for everybody, but for black people especially. You know, yeah, it's but you all, we get to look at. But also at the same time, you got to, and then just for people to, to really, really understand it, they was waving. Number one, they was waving Confederate flags at the game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but then, but then, but this is they the was crazy part. On them, calling them niggas in the stands, all that. Yeah, yeah, all that. But when they when they decided to do that, like. Do you think that they really at the time considered that it it could have got hostile? Like one of the players oh, said yeah. that at the end, like at the end of the movie when they was talking, he was like, mm-hmm. "Dude, the cameraman was white. Everybody in the stands was white. The yeah. refs was white. Everybody was white." He was like, "It could have for us winning this game, it could have got hostile mm-hmm. real quick." Mm-hmm. But they were just like, "Yo." We ain't gonna worry about that. We we're gonna go out here, we're gonna play this game, we're gonna prove everybody wrong, and we're just gonna go out here 
and play to our best ability. Now, I've actually watched. I didn't watch it all the way through, but I actually watched the real footage of the real game. Yeah. I've actually seen it. And it, it's so dope how they was able to reenact some of the stuff exactly the way it was. But then at the same time, the game wasn't even that close. The way they put they put it in the movie, they they put it in the movie that they, you know uh, Kentucky got a shot. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> they murdered these dudes. They Nicky murdered Adams. Pat Riley them. Like, it was, they got they they got whooped in that damn game. But mm-hmm. yeah, but like you said, they make it seem like that was his first year there. They didn't really. I mean, I, I guess that it was really because I even I had to look it up to make sure. I was like, damn, like one year out of coaching high school girls, he won a championship. And so then I actually went and I looked at it, and it was a couple of years. But like, but that team had grown together, and then but then you also got to remember, like, you know, Don Haskins' style. You know, he was uh, like a like a uh, what's what's my man name? Uh, Rick Carlisle. You know, what I'm saying he want to control everything. Mm-hmm. And like it shows in the beginning, where he put shackles on a black player, and like because they was in one game, they was down by like eighteen or something. He was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, like you gotta let us play." He was like, "All right, well y'all play." He's like, "You play your game, but y'all also play my game too." And then he looked at my dude like, "You ready to play?" I'm like, "Yep, let's do it." <laughs> and then they thought he nothing, but they went out there and dusted them dude. Hey, once 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 he once he let open up the floodgates and letting them play the way they want to play, man, it was over after that, man. Mm-hmm. But just real quick, man, just to let people know, these are some of the teams that they played against. Um, let's see, they played against Fresno State. They played against um, uh, Nevada. Let's see, Iowa. Who was number four at the at the time that they played? They played Colorado State, Arizona, New Mexico, Arizona State, Colorado State. I think I already said that one, or did I say Colorado? No, I said Colorado State. Um, they played Cincinnati. Wow, you know what I'm saying? Played Kansas, played Utah, and then eventually played um, Kentucky. They were ranked number three at the time they played Kentucky. Uh, they would have been number two if they wouldn't have lost to Seattle in 74 to 72. That's yeah, crazy, man. man. Uh, and the score to that Kentucky game was 72 to 65. Like, Uncle Weister, he used to tell me, like, when you know, you know those games where, you know, like, it might they might have won by six or – or something like that, but it's just like mm-hmm. honestly, like it really wasn't that close. It was one of those types of situations. You can tell, you can tell by the movie that it really wasn't that close. The fact that the first play of the game, nigga Pat Riley gets dunked on, like that's not a close <laughs> game. That's not gonna be a close <laughs> game, bro. When have you ever like think about that? Like let let us let us be watching the game right now, and you know what I'm saying tip off. He get the ball, throw it down. Bron just dunk on somebody. You know, from that point on, this is gonna be the Lakers game. You know that they were gonna run away with this motherfucker. Like I can just imagine that when David Lighton went up and dunked on him like that, it was just like it's game time. Yeah, but and then for also... them to, and then for them to start 
then for them for them to start at at the biggest stage in college, you know what I'm saying, or, or the biggest stage in college basketball against, you know what I'm saying, the best team in the nation against Adolph Rupp, like, you knew that, like, they was ready to shut these motherfuckers down in front of the whole crowd full of white folks. Like, are we about to tear y'all ass up? <laughs> like, I'm trying to tell you, we about to get y'all ass a business. This is for this is for all this shit we done been going through. Like, I'm surprised we ain't see more people get dunked on. Hey, but <laughs> stupid man. But you know, another thing, another thing, man, that I wanted to mention was just the fact of like what. Don Hopkins had to deal with like he had to move his yeah. family into a dorm room, my guy. Yeah, you know I'm saying into the men's dorm room, mm-hmm. and that's where his wife and his kids had to go because like they didn't have no budget. Like that's how small the school was. Well, at like, least that's what we seen. Because now that I know that this nigga was five seasons in, we don't know where the hell they really lived at that time. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what but, the fuck is really going on. But man, you know, to 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 go out on a limb like that, and, and even even like what his wife had to go through, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Getting death threats and yeah, all this type shit. Like that's a decision, man. That like that's not an easy decision. Like it's just when when you a coach, you just want to coach the guys and win, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like when he made the decision, even and, and and look what it took for the one booster to finally be happy. You remember, you remember when they was in the lobby and he seen that Sports Illustrated and then oh, yeah. the, the booster saw his name. Now he's happy. He don't care about the seven black guys now. But the whole time he was like, we need them to win. He was like, well, we haven't lost. You know what I'm saying? But then yeah. he still was kind of shaky about it. But then once he saw his name in the Sports Illustrated, oh, Oh, oh okay. Everything cool. oh, yeah, everything good now. And then he said, "Look, my sales has gone through the roof because I think he owned a, a furniture store or something like that." Yeah. So it's like now you're fr- you're making money, and the team mm-hmm. that you sponsoring and winning now, now oh it don't matter they black now. You see, you see how that shit work, man? That just like it. Yeah. Uh, that just like it. Uh, one night in Miami. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Little Jim Brown, man. I'm glad I say I'm from the same town Jim Brown is from. Nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jim, come on, man. You know you can't come in the house. Niggas ain't allowed in the house. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yeah. like that's how it is. And it's just like, and like that's when they seen. I, also, I think another thing about this game that really changed a lot of stuff is two things. Like number one, it. It took there's always a positive and negative with every situation, right? Even right. though this is a win, it also was a loss for HBCUs. You know what I'm saying? Because what they did was that kind of opened up that floodgate for these guys that was only getting into HBCUs and like maybe one guy can go to, you know, I don't know, Utah or whatever. Like now it opens up the floodgate for more players to be more spread out and go to different schools. But that also gave guys more exposure too. So it's like, it's always a positive and a negative, but, and I think that's what took that competition from the HBCUs for not being as good anymore because the, the really, really good players 
if they get a, a scholarship offer from Duke or North Carolina or some shit, they're like, yo, I'm going to go to Duke, North Carolina. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have a better chance of making it to the NBA <clears throat> than going down to, you know, Grambling State and playing mm-hmm. down there. So that was like one of those positive and negatives that came along with this game because the other coaches started to see. Like, that's just like uh, – like one of the most funniest things I ever seen, man. It was it was last year, because I didn't know this story as well. When uh, Bear Bryant, you know, he didn't really in the beginning he didn't really recruit black players, right? And they had ended up. I think Bear Bryant started to started to see. Now, I don't know if he did it for the kindness of his heart, but mm-hmm. he started. to see like you know the black guy started to take over and what he did was he scheduled USC and, <laughs> and from from the way that they made it seem like in that cover story was he was talking to the ADs and stuff about recruiting black players but they were saying mm-hmm. oh it wouldn't go over well with the fans you know staff and all the type of stuff it wouldn't go too good right. so the way that they depicted in the story, in the cover story, was he scheduled USC because he knew USC had, I think they had like eight or nine or ten like black players, and they had mm-hmm. a full the fullback and the running back was black. Man, mm-hmm. man, those running backs put up about four hundred yards rushing on them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. murder Alabama, murder them yeah. right, and they sit after the game when they interviewed him. He was smiling. He was like, they said this is the first time they ever seen Bad Bryant smile after a loss mm-hmm. in an interview. And the way they put it was, this was the justification that I needed to show y'all we need black players. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, look at what USC just did to us. Mm-hmm. So we need some of that. So the way they put it was Bad Bryant scheduled USC knowing. That they was gonna get murdered to prove a point mm-hmm. to the Alabama fans that we need to start recruiting black players. And like I said, that's that positive negative because like back at the time, you know, uh Mississippi Valley State was good. You know, Grambling State had always been able yeah. to put together a good team. You know, fam you was always pretty good. And like what ended up happening, it started spreading those players out because it seemed more acceptable to have a yeah. you know black players on your team. So that's kind of that positive negative thing that happened with that type of yeah. stuff. And Grambling, man, then they—that's uh, what Doug Williams went, ain't it? Yeah, Doug Williams, but he wasn't even the um the famous coach from that school. He took over for that one famous coach. God, what was that dude's name, man? I gotta find it. Now you know Doug Williams, quarterback at Grambling. Yeah, and he played under this one coach that was uh like he had put together a bunch of runs down there, man. Yeah, for people that don't know, Doug Williams is the first black quarterback to ever win the Super Bowl. He went with the uh, what is now called the Washington Football Team. Um, Eddie Robinson, that's what it is. Eddie Robinson. Eddie Robinson. Yeah, yep. yes. Eddie Robinson was the man. Yeah, he had Grambling. He had Grambling on the run. But oh, um, man, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's it's always it's always one or two you know since it's always one or two of those schools that you can go look at you know what I'm saying um, that you know usually wouldn't get the same love but like you know Georgetown is one of those schools for me you know 
to to see what you know what I'm saying Coach Tompkins did down there, bro, was it was it was great. Hey, but I'm with you, dude. I I was like John Thompson was when it came to the black community, like he was our he was like our Michael Jordan. Like, dude, you anywhere in the country, it didn't matter where you were. You saw yeah. Georgetown Hoyer gear. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like, like John Thompson was that dude who just made it cool to wear. Like, I grew up a damn Georgetown fan just because I thought that the coach was cool on the sideline. Like, I had a thing with coaches. Like, it was John Thompson. Like, for me, it was John Thompson. It was Bobby Bowden. And it was Pat Summit. It was yeah. just something about all three of them for me. I was just like, I don't know what it is about them. I want to play for all of them. And yeah, it was just John, like that, that. John Thompson, especially because, like, if you think about it, bro, like, if you look at, you know, what I'm saying, like, I remember um, HBO had the um, documentary about Georgetown and Villanova, and how it felt like, you know, what I'm saying, it was it was the white team against the black team, same kind of same thing, like, you know, what I'm saying, 1966 game is, like, just the fact that, you know, Villanova was this clear cut, you know, this um, cookie cutter. You know, type it's like, team, a cat, like, it's like a Catholic school. Yeah, and then you know what I'm saying like I remember them talking about playing against like Duke. They felt the same way. Like I remember I forgot who it was. Or they was uh, no, this is the Fast Fast Five documentary. I'm thinking of now. But like even then, we'd get to them too. Like, but just the way Georgetown had it, man. Like they was really like a team full of ballers. They always had a baller, and it was like it just felt like he was just he was putting these guys on the map, and then to move on to like the Fast Five. To talk about how, you know, when when they play, you know what I'm saying, like the shit that they went against, they they made it cool for hip hop to be in, in, integrated into, you know what I'm saying, basketball and the you know, to wear the big shorts, to wear the black socks, you know what I'm saying, the um you know what I'm saying, the ball heads, you know what I'm saying, like the to play the game fast, like, you know what I'm saying, they had a forward or a center who was playing like a guard with Chris Rubber. You know what I'm saying? Like Jalen Rose, tall, getting buckets, playing like his guard. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like they, they really had those. They really had those guys. And then, like I remember, I'm talking about like how they they couldn't wait to play against Duke because they hated the way Duke was. They hated the. It, it seemed like Duke was that white school. You know what I'm saying? Like they had, you know, Grant Hill, and they was like they was looking at Grant Hill like the Uncle Tom. Like all kind of shit was just like it. it like, this shit has been going on and going on and going on, and it's so crazy that, you know, you would think that in 1966 we would have an end to this, but it seems as if, like, almost every decade we end up running into this problem. Every time, every time, man. And it's, it's sickening It's sickening to watch, and, and then especially to be like where we are now. It's 2021, mm-hmm. and it's like, we still have some of these issues, man. As far, but now it's if it's moved to off the court and off the field. It's moved yeah. to, you know, players of basketball operation, GMs, mm-hmm. coaches. Like mm-hmm. it has moved to that because, and even when it still comes to the black quarterback, sometimes it's still it's, it's still those rumblings of things of, oh well, he's a scrambling quarterback. Oh, he, right. he can't be a pocket quarterback. Like right. so, there's still some stuff that's still going on. I mean, when it comes, we dealing with that in the NFL with Lamar Jackson. Exactly. And then, like, I I was listening to a conversation the other day, and I was upset, man. Like, they were talking about the uh, 
Drew Brees retirement. Yeah. And they were saying that Drew Brees is probably the, the, the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. And I'm like, the fuck? Y'all forgot about Warren Moon? What you mean? <laughs> Warren Moon defines motherfucking accurate. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. like, like motherfuckers like that, they get slept on it. Even somebody like Warren Moon, like, there ain't no Lamar Jackson. There's no Randall Cunningham. There, right. There's none of these guys. He's the one that took the damn bullet. Like, to, to be one of the best quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying, at Washington at the time, to be uh, mm-hmm. Washington Huskies, to be one of the best quarterbacks in the back Pac-10 in college football, don't get drafted at all, and have yeah. to go to fucking Canada and rip to shreds all of the records up there. So he and had to be a he was a grown ass Houston fucking Oilers. Dude, he was he was, and then people don't understand. This dude was like 30 when he got there finally. Yeah. Like he was like a full-fledged grown ass man. Yeah. And still and was still, ripping people to shreds. Nice little, he still had a nice little career. Played for that's the Oilers, what I'm saying. Played for the Vikings. I think that's it, ain't it? The Oilers and the Vikings, yeah. wasn't it? I think he might have got a he did get a short stint with, with Seattle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he went to Seattle real quick, but yeah. um, but just I mean, just that like we have to when it comes to those type people in like this team, mm-hmm. we have to pay our dues to these people. Yeah. You know, you know, you know how when they tell you, you know, if you, if you see a serviceman or a service woman, you know, thank you for your service type of thing. Right. Like we should be doing this to these type people because they yeah. the one who had to suffer to go mm-hmm. through all of the bullshit. So we don't have to, you exactly. know what I'm saying? And like this team, like Warren Moon and 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 you know even even guys like Eddie Robinson, I think people seen that even though most of the teams that he was playing was other black schools, but for Eddie Robinson to be put up, you know, on the pedestal with some of these other coaches as a really great coach, yeah, you know, he he opened up the door for you know the the Doug Williams and. And all yeah. of that type of stuff. Yeah, so, big time. yeah, I, I, I just, I think these people need to be paid their due. I, I was, dis, I was disappointed in the Dan Levitard show, man. I love that show. I was disappointed when they said Drew Brees was the most, was the greatest, uh, was the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. I'm like, y'all pissing me off now, man. I keep leaving Warren Moon out there, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, man, 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 man. Even if you know what I'm saying, like when we, when we think about these things, man, we also, you know, have to even think about. You know what I'm saying? Like, just recently how the MLB started to add in, you know what I'm saying, Negro League stats mm-hmm. as official Major League Baseball stats. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something that just happened this year. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, after all these years, after all this shit that's been going on, you finally just, you know what I'm saying, accepting these stats in, and then you start to realize that the reason that they ain't letting some of these stats in is because – you know, they try to say, well, a lot of them is being recorded and fabricated and we really don't know because some of the rules are different. It's not that. It's the fact that some of these records that motherfuckers is just now breaking been broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. And so, some yeah. of these records been broke a long time ago. This wouldn't, They wouldn't have broke the record if y'all was accepting the Negro League. That's because you would, they, the record would already been broke. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the, you know what I'm saying, how everybody's, you know, talking about Satchel Page and they say how, you know, Satchel Page, you know, he broke the, the home run record. You know what I'm saying? Hit the longest home run in history. And and people still don't give him credit for it. People say it's a 
you know, it's fabricated. People say that, you know, just a myth. Nobody was really there to see it. So, you know what I'm saying? Just to just to know, like, we we've always been extraordinary at, you know, since sports. We've always been the top of the top of sports. And just to know that what we've done isn't being accepted is just it's crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? But let's go ahead and get to these fire flames, my brother. Hold on, one thing, one thing before you go, one What's thing up? before you go. Um, I'm, to finish up that point, Hank Aaron, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the death threats and everything for him because he was coming oh, up man. on uh, Bay Roof record. And then when he break the record, white dude just runs onto the field. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This dude, he was just was told like, yo, you hit this home run, we're going to kill you. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he's running the bases and then a white dude just run up on him. You know how terrifying that got to be? Man, I'm trying to tell you. Know, you know, I mean, it, it, so for the baseball to do that, like, okay, it, it, it is one of those situations where it's like, you know, a little too late type of thing. But then at yeah. the same time, it's, it's still great for the families, you know, which is probably the great grandkids or, you know, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, able to see they, you know, great grandfather, you know, name in the record books. So Shit, we have real, to look it at even, it. It ain't even that far away. It's, it could, it's, fucking grandparents. You know what I'm saying? Like, just thinking about that, like, it's really grandparents. It ain't even great-grandparents. It's grandparents. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, my mom, her grandfather was probably able to play in the goddamn Negro League. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit like that. Like, that just lets you know, man. Like I say, you know, I always tell people, like, we, we look at all this shit as history and we call it history, but really, man, it really ain't that far away. Like, all this stuff that we talking about really ain't that far away. I mean, if you look at it now, yeah, but, like, you know what I'm saying? 30 years ago, we was only 30 years removed from it. Mm-hmm. Think about yep. it like that. You know what I'm saying? 30 years ago, we was only 30 years removed from it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And we talking about 1966. And even then, it wasn't even – I wouldn't well, – yeah, yeah. About 30 years of I own it, maybe 24, 26, whatever, but if you're gonna be accurate. But yeah, we was almost 30 years removed from it. So just to let you know, so just to let people know, just to get a glimpse of, you know what I'm saying, how far we really come in time. We really, you know what I'm saying, like we really ain't that far removed from 1966. Just know that. Yes, sir. So we can jump into it. All right. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. All right, man, it's fire flame time, man. Um, you want to take the lead on this one? Uh, I take it. Uh, okay. You know, one, one thing I want to mention before I get into it is like, you know, other films that are similar to this, man. If if, if people are interested in this type of history, man, you got to watch mm-hmm. Remember the Titans. You got to watch The Express. And I'm going to throw Coach Carter in there as well because that's also yeah. another fascinating story. But when it comes to a movie with the significance of this, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely going to tie that in. Um, I'm also a sucker for true stories. That's another thing that always go high on my meter. Like, like obviously, we do know some of they, they got to, I don't know, I ain't going to say lighten stuff up, but they also got to, in some cases, might fabricate a little something for cinema purposes and things like that. But yeah. um, but overall, it was a true event, true story. Those type movies always get me. Um, I thought it was told well. I thought it was written well. 
Um, they put a lot of flavor in it. Great soundtrack, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. And then that was one of my uh, favorite uh, Leech Keys songs. You know, one of these days you got to wake up. That song was dope. Um, but sports movies wise, this is very high on my list. Um, they they tend to make. I might. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like they make better basketball movies than football movies. Yeah, it's um, easier to. Yeah, it is. It is easier to as well. But man, I'm gonna go ahead and say it, man. I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna give it a four or five flame, man. I I thought they did pretty good. I thought the actors in it was good. I I think that, you know, Josh Lucas, for it, it seemed like it was really he was like kind of the. You know, I will say this. So the uh, what's the name came out today? The um. The Oscar noms came out, and they yeah. said that when they did the script and when they turned everything in, Daniel Kalula and the Ken, the Keith Stanfield both went in as supporting actors. Yeah, like I seen they that. didn't. I seen and, that. they both called them supporting because they didn't. Yeah, the reason they did that because these motherfuckers didn't know who the goddamn lead actor was. Yeah, and I I bring that up to say. Him and Derek Luke kind of battled that out as well. You know what I'm saying? It, it was really focused on Don Hopkins and, and Bobby Joe Hill. So, yeah. you know, I thought both of them did a really, really good job in, in they roles. Um, so I, I just wanted to mention that, man. I'm, I'm going to give it a four or five play. Okay. Um, well, for me um... – Seeing it originally in 2006, you know what I'm saying, learning the story about, you know what I'm saying, the, the Texas Western miners. Um, and then, you know, rewatching it as I'm older and, and realizing the significance of it, how important it was for these gentlemen to go out and, and even if they didn't, you know what I'm saying, realize that's what they were doing, but for them to go out, play this game, and win this game, and now, you know, you look at the trage- the trajectory of basketball and where it's going. You know, it's it's possible because, well, it's possible in part because, you know, saying these young men chose to play the game and chose not to give up when times got hard and when you know what I'm saying even sometimes death was near. So, you know, what I'm saying that's hats off to them. Um, we are always indebted to them, of course. Because they they definitely made a way when there could possibly be no way. So, you know, saying that's dope. Salute to um, Coach Don Haskins as well. Um, this movie was good though. You know, what I'm saying I I want to say that for it to be a Disney movie, um, you know they <laughs> they kind of let some shit loose. Um, yeah. You know, usually Disney movies don't get too grimy or you know they don't they don't get too deep into certain shit. But you know, so. They did this. They did remember the Titans. So Disney was definitely, you know what I'm saying, putting out those stories that people needed to hear. Even though I didn't like how they tried to play my man like they just recruited him or whatever after his five seasons there. But outside of that, you know what I'm saying, like it was a great, <laughs> great story. Um, great cast, you know what I'm saying. The cast was very noticeable. So for me, man, I'm going to go four and a half. I enjoyed the movie. I think the movie is, um, you know what I'm saying, very educating. 
and it's very entertaining at the same time. And you know what I'm saying? It's one of those movies that can be shown forever as a testament to, you know what I'm saying, you know, what black history truly is. And I think this is definitely one of the most important parts and pieces of black history. So yeah, four and a half. What's up? I ain't mad at it at all. I look, I was real close to giving it a four and a half. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's dude, it's 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 just a really good movie. Like just yeah, overall, it really it's just a really good movie and it's educational. Make you laugh, like, make you cry, all that. Yeah, all that. You yeah, you, you really get all the emotions in this movie. You get excited, mm-hmm. you get mad, you get happy, you get you get everything that you really get going into a film. Like you get and every it's, emotion. And it's really not even it's really not even any bad acting in the movie. That's another thing too. Like you don't you don't really get these movies with these type of actors and, and get no bad acting at all. Like it was not one person in the movie who you was like, he don't know what the fuck he's doing or you could tell he knows <laughs> he don't know his like nah, they was actually decent and good actors and they did a great job. <clears throat> yeah. I ain't mad at it at all, man. I ain't mad at it at all. Yo, so <laughs> so you broke down, man, and finally started yeah, watching man. those previews, man. Yeah, man, I watched the previews. You know what I'm saying? It looks like it's going to get heated this next episode of Snowfall, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Leon is in the – Leon is definitely in the pickle in this one. Um, man, Scully, Scully is uh, – you know, we talked about it. Scully is going to be – very pissed, but I think so is Manboy. Manboy is definitely going to be pissed when he find out what's going on. And um, like I told you, you know what I'm saying, that, that beef that, that Manboy uh, Man and Leon got could definitely, you know, boil over. So we'll see, man. I, I think that's going to be the main focus of how this episode. But we, we will see. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if we find out that there's going to be, you know, one of those have season things where they mm-hmm. break it up because for it to be this intense for episode five, yeah, for them to be dealing with the things that they're dealing with at this time, yeah. Um, it, I mean, you said that you wouldn't mind it, I would, man. I'm like, yo, like, I'm I'm ready for it, like, I need to know what happens. And then, just like <laughs> when I was, <laughs> I was uh, talking to um. You know, even we were trying to set up that podcast, but, you know, we had to reschedule. And I told him about, like, dude, you need to watch Snowfall. He was like, dude, I like, I like the binge stuff. And yeah. it's just like, you know, when it comes to, you know, television nowadays, like, that's what we used to. Like, Netflix just ruined the game. Not ruining. I mean, it's not ruined. Well, in, in a way, it is and it ain't because it's just like, you know, when it comes to Netflix, they put out the whole series. And then mm-hmm. if it's good, you get into it. The next thing you know, yeah. you gonna watch the whole damn season. And it's like, yo, I need more. It's like, dude, they just finished. Like, they just put it out. So right. you got to wait that time for the next one to come out. You know what I'm saying? It might take them a year yeah. and a half to give you season two mm-hmm. or whatever. So with this being, you know, out this way, it's – it, it gives you something to simmer about for a week. You know what I'm saying? It's like now, yeah. like, you know, I watched the preview right off the rip. You know, you just now watched it and you like, so now we see what happens and then they always leave you with cliffhangers and it's telling yeah. you telling me you want to wait another month to find out what and, happened. And another thing too is the preview don't always tell you the exact story because it'll go from Leon to 
Franklin holding the gun, and then in the show, that ain't even what the fuck was going down. So, you know what I'm saying? That's that's one of those things to where you got to be careful, too, because the way Snowfall is, you know, you think that the preview showing you exactly what's going on or kind of giving you a glimpse of what's going on in all reality. That ain't even how the story going to break down. So that's that's another thing I like, too, with the preview is that you getting certain shots from, you know what I'm saying, from the show, but you really still don't know exactly what's going to happen. So I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? They definitely keep you in suspense. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. But I'm definitely excited about this episode. Um, yeah. I'm excited about the episode. I'm excited to to speak about the episode because yeah. that's that's something, man, that is so dope, man, because – like I always tell you, like the, the great thing about this podcast is like, you know, you, you have those thoughts that you want to get off. And then sometimes <clears throat> there ain't a person around you that's interested into the show. And it's just like, yo, I got you and I can bounce off all my ideas that I thought about the show. I was able to bounce them all off. You get your ideas. Maybe I didn't see this scene the way you saw it. And then, yeah. you know, I get it from a different point of view. And then so I, I, I just think that though, I'm, I'm ready for both. I'm ready to watch it. And I'm ready to uh, do the episode on it, man. So it's going to be fun Friday. But Thursday yeah, and yeah. Friday, shit. Because I yeah, watch mine on Thursday. You watch it. Dude, I'm telling you. I watch it Wednesday and Thursday. Dude, I be so I be so tired, man. I ain't even going to lie, but Like, sometimes <laughs> I be falling asleep I, by 1030, but I already know, <laughs> bro. I, when I get home, you know what I'm saying, I get everything out the way. I take a nap. Get up at, like, 8, you know what I'm saying. Watch a little bit of wrestling with the kids. And then, boom, Snowfall come on, watch that, hit the bed, come home, and then I'll watch it again. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I got a little schedule going on right now, man. See, my schedule is I watch it Thursday, you know what I'm saying? And then when I get off from work Friday before we do the episode, I watch it that Friday before yeah. we record. So that that's the little schedule that I've been doing lately. So Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah man, you know, that DVR coming in handy, man. Um, oh, sure. <laughs> but uh, you guys can check me out at Scoops Bronson on Twitter, uh, Scoops Bronson underscore TV on Instagram, Scoops Bronson TV on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. If you're listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Excuse me. And if you uh, are on Facebook, go to the VA Podcast Watch Group. Excuse me. Goodness gracious. Um, VA Podcast Watch Group page. Hit that. Um, Hit that, well, not invite, but hit that join button. Make sure you join the group. Um, it's growing slowly but surely. We're getting a, a more and more members by the day. So, you know what I'm saying? You want to be a part of it. This is where you can get all the information on the viewers and not on this podcast. Um, and you can also get information about each of our podcasts separately. You also can get, you know what I'm saying, if you don't know where to find the video, you can find the video. If you don't know where to find the link, you can find the link. Link tree will be coming soon. I'll be having that up this week. So that way you can get um, you can get whatever link that you need. If you listen to Overcast or Apple or Spotify or whatever, you can just hit that link and then boom, you're right there. And uh, you'll be able to listen to us through audio or watch us on YouTube. And we'll have all the links um, in one, one place so you guys can find it. So make sure you go to VA Podcast Watch Group on Facebook. Yes, sir, man. And um, you can find me um, on the Stolen Time podcast. That's on Facebook. Also, S.Foster8. And yeah, S.Foster8. That'll be on um, Facebook. No, that's on Instagram and Twitter. And Stolen Time Pod is on Instagram. 
And also, I just put out a new episode of 28 Minutes or Less. You know what I'm saying? Um, the subject matter was a combination of crack and also New Jack City. You know what I'm oh, saying? New Jack City had the uh, 30-year anniversary on March the 8th. It's crazy to think mm-hmm. that movie is 30 years old. So, like, um, so I put together a little episode, man, um, talking about New Jack City and crack and mixing in a whole bunch of that type stuff. So, hope people enjoy that. And also, I made a mistake, man. I had listened back to it. I said something, but I, I meant to say something after it and it make it seem like something's not going to happen. What I did was, I was just saying that, you know, with when it comes to Uncle Washington, I said that. I put it, I put it in a way of saying like, like he's done, like he is never going to return type of thing. And I didn't mean to say it that way. I was just saying that he's out right now. The yeah. jury's still out. You know, yeah. I'm not sure if he's going to return to the to the Stolen Time podcast. But I said it in a way of like, I said it like it's a death. <laughs> like he like he's not. Yeah, like he yeah, like, like he like he finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that's not what it is. That's not what it is. Um, right, you know, he, right. he's just going through some health things right now. And you know, he's not able to do any podcast. And I was just saying that the Stolen Time podcast is, is still gonna continue. And I was mm-hmm. just saying that I have some stuff lined up as far as like some guests and like even even if it comes to a point where I got to do some things and, and rock with it solo for a minute um, because, like I said, I, I just really – I'll know more information about him next week, but as of right now, you know, it's just me holding down the fort. But I didn't mean to say it in a way of like – like because yeah. the way I said it and I heard it back, I was like, well, they probably think he just quit on me. Like, oh, I just fired him. I was like, nah, man, that ain't what it is. Like, I didn't mean to say it that way. So, you know, oh, shout man. out to Uncle Washington, man. He, he's yeah, my shout guy. Shout out to Uncle, man. Yeah, Get well man. soon, big guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, so, um, you know what I'm saying? Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you guys for watching. Appreciate you guys for listening. We will see you guys Friday. With that being said, man, like I said, Hollywood is a wrap. Cut.